and welcome to another terrifying October edition of Cult Film and Review. Tonight, hell has been let out of its box and put back in just to be let out again, just to be put back into its box. Because we're talking about Hellraiser Bloodline. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> Where in the hell are we? Want a day? If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. This whole thing is turned into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? Stop eating my sesame cake. I'm so sure. Just look like you like me, and let's stand on. No. Wolfman's gone hard. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. What did I say? No jelly roll. I get old. They stay the same age. You can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Yippee motherfucker. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining the cult. We really appreciate it. Do us a favor. Head over to iTunes. Leave us a review. We will give you a shout out at the end of the show. And then when you're done with that, head over to cultfilminreview.com and uh, get in your requests for movies for us to review. And then uh, in November, we'll be back at Film Bar for 3 o'clock high, so make sure you guys keep an eye out for dates for that. And then when, then when you guys can get tickets, I'll have Chris tell you. Uh, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't get a part in the show tonight. Uh, and then make sure you join us every Thursday for a live stream on YouTube starting at uh, 7.30 Pacific Standard Time. Sometimes. Yeah, well, sometimes. <laughs> Guys, real quick, uh, I just want to let you know, this is a Halloween episode! Yeah! Hell yeah! You have uh, been with us for the last four plus years, because we're over four years now. Uh, we do horror movies all October. We decided to take this one and do a little bit of a twist on it. We said let's take um, the the all of the major uh, franchises in horror films that were slashers or, or you know the big ones the big players uh, and let's review the supposed worst sequels of each one and what we found was we all had a different opinion of which the worst which one was the worst one of each series um, so we chose just so you guys know the series and what they are we chose Hellraiser so we're doing Hellraiser Bloodlines tonight and we'll I'll tell you how we got to these Singular. choices uh, Bloodline sorry <laughs> I'm gonna be hearing that all night uh, and then uh, you know we've also Nightmare on Elm Street we've chosen Nightmare on Elm Street a Halloween a Friday the 13th and Texas uh, Chainsaw Massacre and Texas Chainsaw Massacre so we will be hitting all of those and hitting their supposed worst sequel. Now we all couldn't agree on which one was the worst sequel. So what we did was we took, um, we, we, we put some rules on it. We said it has to be, can't be a modern film. Can't be a remake. We don't want, cause uh, most of the, most of the remakes are going to be the worst one. And we didn't want to sit here doing a fucking remake for each one. Um, but so we said, can't be a modern remake. And it kind of has to be in the original series area. Um, and then we, we took the scores of Metacritic and we took the scores of Rotten Tomatoes and we averaged them together. And the one with the most horrendous score was the one we picked. And out of the original Hellraisers, Bloodline was the worst one. Was it the clear winner? It was the clear winner. Okay. Because the later sequels after this, so this was the last theatrical release right. of Hellraiser. So after this, it's kind of the direct-to-video stuff, and I would say they still count, but 
I think keeping it within the original four for this one is, is you know, is the best because honestly, past four, I haven't seen shit. Like I can't really talk about it. Yeah, I saw um, Inferno. That was terrible. Yeah, what are you doing? Chris? I, I, well, because Chris is signaling me right now because I forgot to introduce Kyle Smith. Oh yeah, <laughs> Chris Wilbrecht. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salustio. Hello, everyone. I like. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally I forgot. Exist. Well, I got so excited <laughs> to tell everybody what we're doing for Halloween um, that I forgot to mention that you he guys forgot are here. we were in the room. Yeah, you know it happens. Every once in a while, but, but that's times. how we came up with this. So we came up with our own algorithm. <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll call it—an yeah. algorithm. Yeah, yeah. Not a dumb yeah. Someone, way someone to pulled a calculator up on their phone. <laughs> oh, I also forgot about that, guys. Uh, if you want to play along with us, we are actually making beverages for every uh, film that we're also doing because, hey, why not have a drink with a bad film? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell we're drinking it because look at our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kyle, why don't, you tell, why don't you tell the audience and myself what we're drinking? What is this called and what am I having? Uh, it's called Exquisite Pain. And uh, basically what it is is uh, three shots of vodka. You do a whole jalapeno that... Um, you uh, scrape the seeds and membrane brain out, throw that in the shaker. Uh, there are a couple dashes in there of peach bitters shaken, and then uh, you uh, pour it in your glass, and then you top with some blood orange soda. If you want a little little, little more sweet kick, you need a few more dashes of the peach bitters. But yeah, I got a nice, sweet, spicy. It makes that sense. Works. It makes you sense. You can work for the Food Network the way yeah. you explain that. No, exquisite pain. The exquisite part is like the blood orange sweetness, and the pain is the little kick of jalapeno at the back end, and I yeah. like that. It's weird Why how the jalapeno... have your own show? <laughs> is it weird? Kryle, the cooking <laughs> show. Oh, Kryle's my God. Kryle's Kryle's drinks. Kryle's um, cocktails. <laughs> it's weird how like the jalapeno hits you at the back of the throat. Yeah, I'm It doesn't really like, hit the tongue. I get the back of the throat, and then every once in a while, the sides of my lips Yeah, no, I have a little mm-hmm. bit and I'm like ooh which is yeah. great for this film because that's the only place Pinhead will hit you in the back of your throat <laughs> <laughs> he seems like a back of the throat dude oh my is. gosh it sounded nastier than I think it did <laughs> it needed to be <laughs> so if you guys want uh, go ahead pause the show go ahead and uh, run out to the store get all the ingredients we'll probably have a uh, picture up also on Instagram of the cocktail and yeah. the ingredients as well in there yeah we'll, so. put the, we'll do that so you guys can uh, have this drink along with us as we review as you drive to work in the morning <laughs> yeah <laughs> to work in the morning and then so also guys too just so you want to know if you want to get a head start on this to, to join with us I'll give you the, the the movies here that we'll be doing it's Hellraiser Bloodline obviously that's tonight then we got Leatherface Friday the 13th part 5 Freddy's Dead and Halloween 6 tonight we ended up with Hellraiser Bloodline it was directed by uh, Kevin Yeager uh, and Joe uh, Chappelle and then it was written by Peter Atkins and others, actually. And then in 19, we came out in 1996, had a budget of $4 million, made $9.3 million in the box office, uh, had a rating of R, and currently sits at a 31% Rotten Tomatoes score audience. That's audience score. Is this the first time, Kyle, that you saw uh, Hellraiser Bloodline? No, not at all. Um, I actually, uh, I would say I probably have seen this movie um the same amount or maybe a, more than the the original Hellraiser film. This one, um, I didn't have cable growing up. This is the one that was, uh, I think, tame enough to end up on um, standard television late at night. 
Really? Um, so okay. yeah, I mean, when you edit this one down, there's there's still a lot of content there. Whereas if you edit down the other mm-hmm. ones, I feel like you're really losing a lot of key plot points. Okay. Um, so yeah, this one was on late night TV. I saw it a handful of times when I was uh, younger. I saw it later on in life when I got cable and saw it. it. I've just always seen this on TV. This is the first time I've ever watched, uh, the actual like complete <laughs> film, like the full cut and everything. Gotcha. Like not without, without commercials, I'd say. So yeah. What about you, Chris? Uh, this is a blockbuster rental for me. Oh, I oh. you were going to say a blockbuster film for <laughs> <me>. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, um... I was definitely at that age where I think like even like Halloween six came out around this time as well. So it was a year of just these big, you know, horror movies coming out. So I, I really wanted to see this, but I didn't get to see it in theaters. So I had to wait until it came out at the video store. What about you, Mike? So like normally when we do films, it's always like, yeah, I've seen that film. And then you're like, oh yeah, I don't think I've seen this film. This is the only time I've ever been like, no fucking way have I seen Bloodline. And then watching, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is the first time I ever saw a Hellraiser movie. Like yeah. seriously, like I don't. This think, is mine too. I think this is my first Hellraiser film mm-hmm. because I knew every fucking. It's like within the first like fifteen minutes of the film, I was like, I know the entire plot of this story. I know exactly what's going to happen at the end of this. Oh yeah. my god, this is the first. This is my introduction to Hellraiser. Right, that was and, mine I, too. and I totally forgot about it. I always would have thought it was the first one, and it's not at all. It took so, me a yes. while to actually see the first one. I actually think I've seen this film more than once. I have. Also, seen it more than once. I have seen it more than once. Okay. Um, so this is where a shout out to uh, Justin Smith and his dad. Justin Smith and his dad always uh, helped me see the movies I was not supposed to see when I was younger. I saw this in Justin Smith's basement um, when it came out on video. His dad rented it. And I remember watching it and I don't remember watching it fully, but I remember it being on and we're just like hanging out doing whatever. Fuck playing Nintendo on another TV or some shit. Cause we were down in the basement, but yeah, it was on. And I remember seeing it then. Cause I remember the, the, the chatterer dog, which I'm sure we'll get into later, mm-hmm. but I remember that. Um, and I've seen it also when I, when I got into uh, Clive Barker and I got into the Hellraiser series, uh, and I went through and watched the movies. Here's the thing though. The, the great thing about this movie is no matter how many times you've seen it, when you rewatch it, it's like watching it for the first time <laughs> over again, because you don't remember anything. Oh, that's not the experience I had. Oh, Dude, man, I couldn't remember I, a fucking I thing. Had, about, I was like, I don't I remember like, any of I this. was like, Mike, as soon as it started, I was just like, I can tell you every single scene that's going to happen from now Dude, until the end of the movie. I've probably seen this movie three times, and I know, I, I was like, when I was watching, I was like, I don't remember any of this I've definitely seen shit. it way more than that. I'm in your camp with that, too, Cody. I, I had seen this before probably twice, but I don't think I grasped the entire thing no. until this watch. Because it's heavy. It's Bloodline's heavy. There's just a lot of bouncing back we'll get into it but bouncing yeah. back and forth between timelines mm-hmm. and you know different eras of the toy toy maker and and all of that but like but yeah no that it it it's hard to remember i would even say that about the second and third and original say- like they have a weird way of like <laughs> like kind of messing with in your mind like you can't remember the order of the way things happen or you know like just really like what exactly happens in all these films i'd say the second one for me is that i can remember the third one pretty vividly because that one had some of the most ridiculous fucking cinema but the second one is such an amalgamation of like of clips and footage from the first film 
it really just feels like a 1.5 or like Dude, and the two films just blend together. The second like one, one for thing. me, all I can remember is like the hotel, uh, the hotel, the hospital wall opening up. That's pretty much what I remember. I don't even remember that from the second one. <laughs> and the dog, like the dog thing. I don't know. I think oh, that's yeah. in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember now. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, guys, let's do this. Let's get to what Hellraiser Bloodline is about. It's time for Plots with Mike. Well, holy shit, guys. Let's do this. Okay. Okay. I'm getting excited for this plot. There's <laughs> a lot of energy in the room right Ooh, now. Yeah. It's Halloween, Kyle. I can feel it. Anyways, <laughs> uh, this is the fourth Hellraiser in the series. Uh, this one takes place in space. There is a guy. Uh, he is trying to open the familiar cube that we all know. Um, he's using some sort of robot and like kind of like AI kind of thing. I don't know how he would put it. But anyways, he opens it up. Uh, Pinhead comes out. And uh, you find out that like these kind of like space marine guys have showed up to arrest this guy. They take him. He's really freaked out about it because he had a whole plan how I guess he was going to try to take out the Cenobites finally. Right. And he tells this story as he's being interrogated by these police of his entire bloodline and how they fought against the Cenobites this over centuries and how he has this master plan to finally take them on. And uh, that's basically the plot. And we'll tell you what happens at the end. When we come back, Cody, <laughs> bring it home. <laughs> All right, guys, I guess we're going to take a break real quick. We'll talk more about Hellraiser Bloodline when we come back. I'm worried, and I really think you should see someone. You know I've been having these dreams all my life. John, honey, they're getting worse. It is your goddamn grandmother. She was poor, John. Do you remember those stories about how how important you are and how important the family is? Honey, she put stuff in your mind. Not all of it. There are other things. Things that feel like memories. Impossible memories. And they just don't haunt my dreams. They haunt my work. Everything that I've done. I don't want you haunted, and I don't want you hurt. It's not that. And we're back. We're talking about Hellraiser Bloodline. So this movie opens up, uh, Mike, what would you say? Where does it open up? Space? It takes place in space. The yeah. place that horror franchises go to die. I, I would, would, would definitely. <laughs> 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 so no, Hellraiser, dude. Hellraiser in space. I fucking A, man. 90s and fucking horror movies in space, huh? Yeah, there's a lot of them. Tis, tis the season. Mind. I wonder why, why that was, though. Dude, like, that's what like, that's the new frontier, technology. man. I, it was technology. I think it was the transition from practical to to CGI. Where ninety six well, was like ninety six shit in space that we well, they never could have done I mean, shit in space for years. They've yeah, been doing so I'm shit to in space. Out. Yeah, I'm but just, no, I, I agree. I think. Well, I don't know who I'm agreeing with. I think someone said something so, earlier, but it's like that. Where else do you go? Well, originally, originally, also know that this is Clive Barker's idea was to split split this up into three timelines. That was his idea. Okay, he wanted to do that. I don't know if space was the original one. I know that originally he wanted to do um, instead of the French Revolution. I think originally they wanted to do like uh, Foggy Old London. Uh, <laughs> foggy <laughs> Old London. Oh, that era of, yeah. of you London. Know. Foggy yeah. Old Era. <laughs> I remember that portion in history class where we covered era. Foggy Old London. <laughs> I don't know. It's, you know, with yeah. the, with the, the street lamps. Was with the, around. the street lamps, the oil yeah. lamps. The oil Jesus lamps. Christ, that's like everywhere. But yeah. okay, all right, cool. Got it. I heard that was like the you know Jack the Ripper time ish. Oh, okay, so I like guess. 18th century. Yeah. Sure. All right. Yeah. Cool. London, which would have been foggy, cool. Foggy old London. Which would have been cool. But, you know, foggy old London time. And 
one. <laughs> so I think that was the original idea was for that, but then it was changed, obviously, to um, the fucking French, French Revolution. Revolution. Yeah, but can I say it makes more sense, though? The French Revolution does? Yeah, because it's like the Marquis de Sade. Right. Yeah. Like, no. to me, that makes more sense. Yes. But Thank you. <laughs> so there's so much backstory with this film. It's kind of it's kind of fucking crazy. So uh, he originally wanted it in the into the into the three storylines. Um, okay. So they went with that. Obviously, the script was much much different than what we got because what happened was is they they had this big idea and then they kept on getting their budget cut and it, the 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 script kept on having to change and get smaller and smaller. Then not only that, Kevin Yeager. He was the the original director on this film. He had a different cut of this movie, and when Miramax saw it, uh, I think they owned Dimension Films at the time, uh, they were like, hey, we want Pinhead in the movie sooner, and we want a happy ending, basically. And he was like, cool, but I'm done. And he <laughs> and he and he walked off because I hope that was a direct quote. <laughs> no. it's the best record. It's cool. <laughs> cool, but but I'm done. Yeah, good. Go on. I'm sorry. No, That's but, such a great so, way to respond. <laughs> so he walked off, but he was like, "If you're gonna put, don't put my name on it." Alan Smithy. I want Alan Smithy on it. So that's why when you watch this movie, it says directed by Alan Smithy. All right. The extra scenes that were added in were written by a different writer than it was originally written by, and it was directed by a different director. It was directed by Joe Chappelle, the extra scenes, who will also tie into a later episode of, of, of our Halloween episodes because he also is the director of Halloween 6, nice. which is also right. on cool. our list of worst sequels. Do we, know, do we know what He's scene, batting two for two. Do we know what scenes he shot? He well, shot exactly the question I was going to ask. He shot the stuff to, to bring Pinhead in earlier and a lot of like I guess the ending stuff. So he all shot right. all the space stuff. Basically when it turns into a slasher film is what he's what he shot. Okay. So in the all original right. cut, the original cut from what I understand in, in Jaeger's version of it, uh uh Pinhead doesn't show up until the 40 minute mark. Ugh. Okay. Um so <laughs> you, you don't like that? I don't like that. See, that's now where I disagree. Exactly what who this film was made for. Yeah, that's where I disagree Chris, because I give it a five. Because I fucking if I, when I when I watch Hellraiser, I always think of the original. I think the original is such a slow burn, and you don't see those fuckers till it the is, end, it and it's is, great. But I don't yeah. like that either. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Chris. no, the build up to them coming is so good in the original. But yeah, so Chris gets the movie he wants in four. Uh, <laughs> because Finally. because pick yeah, up till well, scene fucking four. Chris sitting there. Uh, you know, Chris is probably at that screening and just like. He didn't even show up until 40 minutes in, guys. You know what? This movie made uh, its budget back times three, two. So Times three, two. Times Actually, two. I, I heard a bigger box office that was written than here. And maybe I heard a global box office, but I heard that this was actually the most financially successful of all four releases. Weird. Man, you put a motherfucker in space, you make money. So, <laughs> And it was the well, last one. It's always one. a last Well, it, it's weird. They kind of went like, it was like, one made a lot of money, two made less Three made more, and then this one made the most. I, I read, but that's not with like inflation or anything. They like literally that. just like were signed off on this. They didn't even want to see a treatment or an outline for yeah. this movie at all. No. They were just that confident oh, that dude. it would do yeah. well. Well, here, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, man. I think if they would have got the budget, this movie could have been I, like. There is a lot in this movie that never gets flushed out because they fucking have to cut around it or put different scenes. You really in. think so? I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's well, there's just okay. So there's different. Like, like, let's get into it. So there is uh, this. The film opens up with a fucking shot of space and what is obviously the puzzle box. Yeah. Opened it, up. Can we talk about that? Yes. Yeah. Did anyone not see that? 
like within the first fucking scene. No, like, you can tell wow, right it's away. It's a weird Star Wars star. It's like beginning, right? Yeah. Like, but they're like, oh, that's the fucking cube. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Like yeah. you can totally tell it's the cube. I mean, the first time I saw it was the first time I saw any Hellraiser film, so I didn't realize. And you were it. like, oh, that's a cube, and you're like, how do you know the cube? And I'm like, I don't know, but I definitely know that's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Okay, go on. Sorry, not at and, all. And then enter. <laughs> Enter our uh, hero, I guess, with uh, yeah. Mer- with Doctor Merchant. I think this is uh, Paul Merchant. Is the future Merchant, and he uh, is working the puzzle box with some sick ass Nintendo fucking power gloves yeah. and a robot, and it's in this locked room. Mm-hmm. And he gets this robot to unlo- unlock the puzzle box, which I thought was smart as fuck. Which is fucking actually pretty cool. I actually like that part yeah, too. too. Up until the point. When the fucking robot, boom, unlocks the box, the box flies up, and then it's like the worst fucking thing you could expect to happen was that the robot was confused and then shocked that it was about to explode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, <laughs> then yeah. boom, and it the exploded. Weird backstory it knew that- it was coming. Yeah, if, if if you think about it, it's like the the most horrid, sad backstory of this is that that was the one moment where the where the robot finally like felt experienced fear, like emotion. <laughs> it was just like it was the moment thing. it became yeah. human. You know, it was such a fucking corny thing, and it drove me nuts. It was really bad. It was very it was very yeah, Looney Tunes, stupid. and on top of that, like. It's just the wrong tone to start a Hellraiser it, it movie really off was. with. It, it's definitely like a com- almost a comedic. Yes. Tone. Can we say that that robot looked exactly like a robot from the term from Terminator? Uh, no, it didn't. It looked like the robot from fucking Hardware. Oh, hardware. Yeah, yeah. It definitely <laughs> did. I would say that it definitely looks like a newer age Star Wars droids. And here's the thing: is I'm not gonna knock this movie for its CGI. It's 1996. It's a low budget film. Yeah. Like. This is still when they were like that crossover where they're like, yeah, we could do CGI for low budget. And it's like, yeah, but you shouldn't Yeah. yeah, yeah. at this point, like in 96, like you still, you shouldn't do it. If you're not spending Jurassic Park money on it, then don't fuck around People with it. People weren't that tuned in. Like, I feel like the average person was just like, oh, that looks cool. Like a lot longer. So I don't know. 96, you could pass with that. I think it was also like, there was an, I don't know. I mean, I remember being this like 16. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been my age at this point in time. But, like, I remember thinking, seeing that stuff, like, it, it's weird. It's like you knew. It, I, I imagine it's the same thing as, like, seeing a horror film in 1982 and seeing some, like, weird, like, prosthetic work, right? Like, it looks fake, but you're kind of, like, cool with it. Yeah. That's what I remember the first one I saw this movie. I remember yeah. thinking, like, that or any other dude. Like, I, I grew up in the 90s. That's when all these CG films were dropping. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, like, the thing I, I, that I would probably associate in my head was like, oh, cool. It's like, it kind of looks like a video game, but whatever. Yes. That's fine. Yeah. Now you go back and watch some of those movies, you're like, God, did, damn, that's It didn't terrible. bother me well, in this one. that's different, though, because I, I think, you? like, prosthetic films, like, the ones that use, like, actual, you know. Like, real, real human like parts? puppetry and all oh, that okay. shit like that. Like, <laughs> as they would call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I just feel like when you look at those films, like you can say like, yeah, I can tell it's kind of fake, but like at the same time, like it still holds up. Right. Like, I don't feel like this ever held up. No, no. No. Early CG will never, is not going to hold up and and can't hold up because of the technology. Like you can't bounce light off of something fake. Like they don't Mm -hmm. know how to, they just barely really figured that out in like the last like Very weird considering the fact that this whole ending depends on light. Right. Go on though. Here's the thing though that I, I I like about it. I I like that they I think they used it 
so that they could put the money in practical effects later on in the film. Um, I think that's why they used it. Like, like maybe because model work, I, I can't imagine is cheap. Uh, like even at the time, I can't imagine model work is that cheap. Chris, no, you this know was like an, I'm sure that was like an anim- animatronic <laughs> to some degree. That the chatter dog, yeah, yeah, and also I think it was like also a guy in a suit in some parts yeah. as well. But that like, great. But yeah, honestly, I have no problem with any of the practical stuff. I was actually rooting uh, on that. Can I say that? Yeah, I will say that uh, as we talk about this film, whatever we say is what we're going to say. But I will say one thing. Jesus, what? Wow. Go ahead. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if you guys like it or don't like it, right? But one thing I will say that I feel like we have to all agree on, like, the practical effects in this and the makeup artistry is, like, pretty top-notch. Uh, I have some arguments with it. All right. There's, there's a, a shot. Of one there's guy. a shot. No, dude. No, there's a shot of Pinhead that dude, I was like, what yes. the fuck is going okay. on here? All right, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it. it. We'll talk about it. I think we're on the same page. Uh, all right. Um... So anyways, he unlocks the puzzle box and then out comes Pinhead and he mm-hmm. has a little discussion. And that's the moment I'm talking he has, about. <laughs> <laughs> Come he on, has sorry. a little discussion with Dr. Paul uh, here and what happens out of nowhere, the fucking space Marines just show up also while this is going on. Pretty much. And right before, as, as, as Paul's giving his victory speech to Pinhead because he's locked him behind a heavy door, yeah. which I didn't know mattered in the fucking Hellraiser universe like, until this prob- movie. It was right? probably lead lines. I'm like, this can guy can shoot fucking chains out of nowhere, but can't fucking get through a door. I mean, honestly, can't face if you're door. this guy, you've got these, this many resources. I'm pretty sure he probably put many years into figuring out what's probably going to hold him back. I I will say this, though. It did get me thinking, like, looking back on the older films, like, are are they, like, tangible? They are tangible. Yes. So if they are, then why wouldn't a door I guess it would. I guess it would. I'm just saying they have some magic. I guess they have some magical powers. We'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. So I guess, like, to me, the barrier of a door, unless I know, like, oh, there's a spell on it or something. fucking door. Or something like that. Yeah, but come on, man. Can they only come through walls? And can they, like, they always seem to just appear when the walls part. Well, no, the box opens up a gate, a small gate. Because that's what this movie's about. And I want to say that I feel like they can... Here's what I think. I think everything beyond the cube or like the gate or whatever the fuck you want to call it, the gate to hell, mm-hmm. let's say. I feel like in hell they have powers to do all this weird shit, but I feel like I've always gotten the impression that when they get to the real world, they're not quite as strong. They're limited, yeah. Yeah, very limited. That's possible. I mean, yeah. What if that gate just drops them in the middle of fucking nowhere and that gate closes? They're stuck there. The they reason it makes me think that is uh, that the box. that's possible is <laughs> because. In this film, they blow up the chatter dog, and they it's do. like, oh, it's done. You it know? is, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so it was just a. But then it does a weird thing where they shoot uh, Pinhead with a fucking gun, and he just Not absorbs just a gun, the shot. A laser gun, and he just uh, absorbs the shot. So it's yes. kind of like I don't know where I don't know where the balance is. Maybe the chatterer dog is not as powerful, obviously, as Pinhead. So Probably. that's. Where it maybe comes into effect. Or, you know, it could be the fact that uh, no one thought about it, and this is just a badly written film. Could be. Yeah. But, anyways. Pinhead is trapped behind this door and the space Marines show up and and they point a gun at Paul and they say, well, you know, where is everybody? And he's like, you guys, you got to get out of here. And they're like, well, you're coming with us. And he's like, there's no time. You got to get out of here. And they lock (laughs) him in a room and then an interrogator comes in and she says, what happened here? Where's everybody at? And he's like, I sent them all away, but you guys got to get out of here. There's no time. I got to stop these demons. You got to get out of here. There's no time. And she's like, 
I gotta know what's going on. He's like, okay, well, let me tell you this really fucking long story. <laughs> it is. That's about an hour and a half long and because there's not enough time. You gotta get out of here. Even if you haven't seen this film, you you probably recognize it. I feel like it's the like interview with a vampire story. Yeah. yeah. Like plot line. Like yeah. okay, I will tell you the story. I, I want to get in of my past. Yeah. Right. Kind of thing. Before we get into the story, though, I want to get into my first enemy of this film. My first enemy of this film... Enemy? Is, yeah, enemy. <laughs> is fucking Bruce Ramsey, who plays uh, the main character. Why? He's a terrible actor, man. I don't what? think he's that bad. I, I didn't did not like that. Oh, I didn't think I don't, that. I'm sorry. I thought he was... Not ca- a fan. Okay, listen. I thought he was bad as uh, Dr. Paul, but in the other two roles, I thought he was totally fine. Oh, oh John true. Merchant's lame. No. I don't know. Even That's the unsullied say, version of I would him? say the doctor version in the future is the worst one. I think it he's is the, the worst, worst one. one. Because he has this like, he's weird talking, affected, yeah, he's, like, uh, hello, he's like, he's like, He's talking he's like, like yeah. how you think intense. people in the future talk like, you must get out of here. I didn't get that at all. I do not I just use got contractions yeah. anymore. I, I just got that he was like super intense and like, like it was like overacting. Yeah. He's scared for these people. He wants them off. He doesn't have the time, Chris. Let him tell you a story. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I felt like it was a little weird. I just not a, I'm just I will tell you right now I'm not a Bruce Ramsey fan and guess what I can't name another Bruce Ramsey movie can't do it try to make me uh, name one other actors Kim like, Myers who plays his his wife mm-hmm. uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 holy shit good job man <laughs> alright I'm gonna give you credit Adam on that Scott one. Adam seen, Scott haven't seen him Adam in Scott no can I just say Dude. I'm so sorry I when I saw Adam Scott I spent the entire film being like I didn't even look it up I was like is that Adam Scott? <laughs> I like I played Same a game thing. in my own head called "Is this Adam Scott?" He looks like Adam Scott. <laughs> How old is Adam Scott? Dude. Wait, would he look like this in the past? <laughs> yes, he would. Pretty sure this is Adam Scott. Number one, does he look like this in the past? It turns out Adam Scott does not age. Adam <laughs> no. Scott in 1996 looks like Adam Scott in fucking that 2019. Is the weird thing about it, I was like, "There's no way." That's right? why I was like, "That's not Adam Scott, dude." The whole time I was I questioning. Adam Scott no. was a sperm. I saw the credit and I thought to myself, he's going to be just a little cameo, like pop in the background kind of thing. And then I was like, oh shit, they're making him a whole character up in this. This is okay. So uh, at this point, Dr. Paul Merchant has to go into his story with the best name ever, uh, Rimmer. Rimmer. (laughs) Rimmer. Hardcore. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's her name. That's her name. And he's, Rimmer. You guys get some alien vibes on this? This is definitely where he yeah, takes the very, alien. Uh, much so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alien resurrection, if I got any this alien is, vibes. This is where it takes like, <laughs> the alien Which had not route. been created yet at this point, but <laughs> could have been influenced by this great film. <laughs> Hellraiser Bloodline. Go so on. So he goes into the story, and this is when we're transported to the uh, French Revolution, and we're introduced to the greatest uh, toy maker of his time, Philippe. And he is making, uh, he's commissioned to make a puzzle box um, for a little guy. I can't remember his name. But he's like a marquee or something. He's a, he's a, a magician, right? He's they say? basically the marquee de Sade, but he is a magician. Yes. Yeah. And he's uh, and he wants the 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 box for notorious reasons, as we find out. Nefarious. Nefarious. Notorious would just be like super Notorious. famous, but okay. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be when he opens the gates for of hell. Black magic. <laughs> okay, he Go wants on. nefarious, nefarious magic. reasons. Don't you ever fucking correct me <laughs> on this show again? <laughs> you just let me sound stupid. Um, and 
So, uh, so he he basically what his plan is is he's going to get this box, which he does, uh, and he gets a, a lady of the night to come over, and he basically him and Adam Scott skin her, and they hang you know, her as as dudes do as dudes do. <laughs> this, this is the French Revolution. This is what you fucking do. Not being creepy about it at all, no. by no. the way. No, oh super my God. gentlemanly. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, this is a visual part of a movie I really enjoy. Uh, I it is creepy visually. This movie is creepy. That guy who plays the uh, what the fuck is his name? Lesai. Lesai. Uh, Duke Lesai. Yeah, Duke Lesai. The guy who plays Duke Lesai is a creepy looking guy. Very much so. And Adam Scott's pretty good in this part. Like I, I like him in this. Uh, yeah, I didn't like. Again, very surprised that it was him, yeah. but yes. I thought he totally made this movie better. But, I thought he did, too. <laughs> but visually, like this is when it gets kind of cool, and this is actually part of the movie that I think is very interesting and that I like of, of the movie. Because what happens is is they, they skin this girl, they hang her up, and basically they, they use the puzzle box to open a gate to hell to let a demon into this body. Because apparently, once you do that, once you summon a demon, you have control over them unless you stand in hell's way. That's the Which, rule. Can I just One say rule. that rule is very vague. Very it vague is. rule. That's not vague. That's pretty fucking in your face. If they so wait, say they it, want something, no, then you just it kind of play okay. it kind of play but it kind of plays into what's going to happen on later on that in in a part of the story that I don't think is fleshed out very well. So basically uh what they do is they summon this demon and it is Angelique. And yes. and now Angelique is bound to uh, uh, this guy, and he she has to do his bidding. What turns out to happen is Adam Scott kills him, mm-hmm. and just basically has a whole bunch of sex with her. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he wants. Yeah, he for the next three hundred years, two, yeah, like two two hundred years. Uh, they have they basically have sex for the next two hundred years. Uh, but yeah, and basically though, from there, uh, this is discovered by the toy maker because he stays behind to creepily spy on what's going on, and they see that he sees them do this. So he obviously breaks in because well, he freaks out about it first, and he goes to somebody and is like, "This is like one of the weirdest parts of the movie too," and is like, "I fucking created this thing that opens the gates to hell," and the guy is like. Like almost nonchalantly, is like, well, then just create something that closes it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, why didn't I? Oh, he's the surgeon, right? Yeah, 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 the yeah. surgeon. And and so he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go do that. Base, yeah. Do and he comes up with an, an idea for it, but he goes back to get the box, um, and his wife follows behind him. Mm-hmm. And this is when some shit goes down. He gets there, and we find that the Duke is fucking dead. You know, slid up, slid up blood all over the place yeah blood's everywhere and adam scott and the demon are just banging it out this you know yeah. doing it and doing it well <laughs> <laughs> and uh from from there it's 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 uh you know it's a beheading i think we're, there's a couple decapitations is there two decapitations in this one scene or um, there's, there's, there's very one, scene. there's one yeah. definitely very cool i thought they decapitated yeah they, decapit- they don't decapitate him because because he's there standing in the doorway when his wife shows up and he's like, Run. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because, uh, the, yeah, they want him to be, yeah, he's basically there. So they're waiting for the next in the bloodline, and that's when we go to fucking present day. Mm-hmm. Um, but present day kind of blends into where three left off in a way because the building at the end of three is kind of the mm-hmm. building that the toy maker, uh, pretty much, yeah. The new John, John Merchant, present day 1996, um, had. Invented now. This is where the story gets kind of convoluted, uh, because sh- so 
it's a weird thing. Angelique, Angelique, somehow she's in Europe. I yeah, think, but she right? yes, yeah, but somehow it like sees him and is like, oh my god, that's the that's the toy maker. Yeah. Like well, she, they smell the blood. Like she understands through the TV the bloodline. <laughs> well, she didn't think that and there were anybody alive. Anybody was left alive from the bloodline. Right. So now exactly. now hell has a request has to go after uh, merchant. Uh, John Merchant, right? He it beca- and so she has a new destiny, and Adam Scott doesn't want to do that, well, so she ends up murdering him. Well, yeah the 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 whole the whole thing was, and in the in the seventeenth century, the original Merchant gave the puzzle box to his wife. She took it and hid and ran, and they've been without the gateway back to hell all this time. So when she sees him, she's like, "Holy shit, he's gonna make me another puzzle box. We can finally bring more of ours into this world." They never got a chance to do so, that, so that's kind of where it, it takes also, off. Also, also, let me just real quick before I can, if I can jump in, like I, I just want to say, like the part I liked about it. Let me go back because I don't feel like I said it. Was I actually liked the character of Angelique? I really think this is like a fun, cool thing to introduce into the 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 Hellraiser world. Another kind of demon. Well, because we're getting like our first, we're getting like the first demon, right? Because yeah. the thing is, you get you get Pinhead in the beginning of the film. Uh, in the future, right? But he's he can't be in the French Revolution because he's not around until like the 1920s from the other movies we find that out. Mm-hmm. So he can't be in the French Revolution timeline. So we get this very interesting character of Angelique. She's the old guard. Who's the old guard? Yeah, of yes, hell. Of hell. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about it too is like, so this is like, you. you I, I, I want to say this about the film. I feel like this film is purely created just to give backstory to all the other films before it like almost everything seems like some sort of uh personal story of how something was created or some backstory as to like trying to explain the world that the Cenobites like actually exist in yeah right so like it's weird because like you're right like Pinhead shows up and and this girl's a princess Yes. Right. Like, and at first I'm thinking, like, is he the king? Is that like no. as how he's not? No. Right. But he definitely still like, however their like rulership works. Like, he definitely doesn't feel like he's so, bowing to her in any way. Well, say so he's not because the thing is, is like the, the way, and this is where it gets the kind of screwed up, and this is where this movie is like way more kind of fun to talk about than watch. Okay. Is because the original storyline was they were supposed to have more of a budding relationship because what her ideas, and she she says it in the movie too, her idea, her, and he tells her it's like ant, not antiquate, mm-hmm. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but basically she's saying like, hey, the old ways and the kind of, thing that she does with Adam Scott is seduction. We go through seduction and this is how we turn people and kill them and blah, 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 blah. Where he is now the new order of hell. He tells her things have changed and it's just about straight to fucking fucking pain and torture. Like we just and cut to it. We I don't we do like this there, long seduction. There was a game. moment of where her character was like, and I hate to use the word humane because she's terrible. Yeah. But she is like somebody that, has some sort of kind of like a, a like an inkling of respect for humanity. Well, so and that's the other difference too. So when he when when Pinhead shows up in the present time, his idea is I see this building as a way to open a bigger gateway of hell. Right. Mm-hmm. With her more- idea is I see a way to close it because I like it here. Mm-hmm. Yes. I see of always closing. So they are supposed to be budding 
at this There's time, but it's just not a conflict. But it like barely exists. They, they no. just don't. It was it was written out like yes. basically. Yeah, I and almost had to like take do a double take. Like, are they old lovers or something? They like, have a weird sexual tension. Well, I feel as much as any hook, demon like, or vampire, the, the hook between like the breast thing. Yeah, and, like, uh, I mean, I feel like he's always, he's like pining in a sense. Like he's kind of like always tried to like get Angelique, and Angelique is like it was kind of a weird thing for for Pinhead. I feel like it showed. The uh, soft side, I guess. I, if you will. I, didn't, I didn't really get if like a, se- that, a, a super strong sexual tension though between them. Like the scene no, you're talking about like with as the strong claw, as you can get. the, the t- 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 scene you're talking about with the hook in the center. I almost felt like that Something was more. Love. That was more him kind of like shitting on. He's being really disrespectful to her because she wants to stay in that body, and he's he's basically marring that thing I that mean, she kind of covets. The weird thing for me is that there is some sort of power structure or status symbol attached to their culture but like no I'm serious like I know I'm just laughing at how fuck- deep this is getting I know but crazy. if she's a fucking princess like who's the fucking king well she that that's the thing is if like she's royalty then who the fuck is Pinhead well, well she's not really well I don't he's, think she's royalty I, mean, I think he said that kind of well, as like she's, a, it's like she, a pet name I think yeah. she, I is think she, that's what I, I don't that's know what I, took I, it took it as. It as, I took it as almost that she is royalty but I thought so too the thing is, is that she's been gone so long that that doesn't mean shit anymore yeah, but I what, what, what he's telling what, her what, I mean, I, what in the film told you she was royalty he calls yeah, her princess what, he calls her princess so what it's a pet name I thought it was more of just like a little I thought they were being kind of cute with Pinhead or something I think if you if you removed the that part of it where he calls her princess what other Elements in the film I mean, make you think she I'm might be royalty. I'm not saying that it was well written that like they gave a whole backstory about how no, she was I'm like a saying, medieval I, princess. And I don't she, think she. I don't think she was technically a princess. Yeah, because also if she was a princess, why would she be summoned into be summoned by some random uh, fucking well, dude? As I understood it, like if any human summons a demon. Like it's oh, yours. You, you get you get the you get the ones at the top first. If you go summon a demon, you're getting the you get the royal maybe family just, first. Maybe you just get a you work your way one. down. <laughs> I mean, she's it, having dinner with her I don't with know. the king, she, and it's I, like, I, 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 will fuck say, I will say that that was the part of this film that like I didn't understand the rules were not quite laid out for me. Like, I was joking around about how like oh okay, yeah, it's like whatever hell doesn't want, right? Yeah. So like, where does that begin or end? Like, is it just like you summon a demon. He's just like, I want a Snickers, and you're like, you can't just take that Snickers, dude. You got to pay for it, and you, and you get you die. Like, how does that work? No, you can probably say you just want a Snickers. They're, they're at your they're at your beck and until they say they want something. Well, and clearly, gonna, and Adam Scott's them? character at well, some they, point in time forgets this. Well, he completely forgets it. Yeah, it's been well, two hundred years, years of like banging. Which obviously they can also make you live longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, Adam Scott clearly because how the fuck yeah, did he survive? Right, exactly. But like, it's just a, like to me, I, I didn't quite understand what they meant. Like at any point in time, a demon asks for something, you have to give it to them, or you're out. Well, she got. Uh, you know what? If it's a demon, I would say it's a great rule of thumb. She is, <laughs> so she's is a demon a, like no, no, no. forbidden from this saying, is, "I want to be free." I think that rule was just set there in there for her to set up the the whole difference between her and Pinhead, where she had this. I feel like old guard rule of if you call me forth, I have to do your bidding. Like there's an integrity to it. Yeah, I have to. Do, <laughs> yeah, no, okay. I I 100 believe that. Like her game is seduction, and she took a 200 year game of seduction to finally trick him with. Like, oh, well, this is what hell wants. Gotcha. And then claws him up because he thought he was in charge the whole time. No, he just clearly completely forgot about the rule. The I, rule was real. 
I know. I I don't I don't disagree that the rule is real to her, but why doesn't that same rule then apply to Pinhead every time he's summoned? It's because it's the new guard and they don't follow the old rules. Yeah, right. Like what? That's is, what I'm he's saying. Not, he's not. He's not. He's not summoned. The puzzle box opens a gateway, that's which be, he walks through. But that's being. It's being. I feel like that's being summoned at this point. Not necessarily. No. But mm. still, though, I don't weird, think so. Again, weird rule situation. Yeah, like it's like there's. So you a, gotta a say the fucking ceremony. Latin chant that the Duke said, and then I can maybe, control the pinhead. Maybe you gotta use the Latin chant, chant, bro. I don't know. I have no idea. That's a specific chant that he used to specifically summon a specific demon. The puzzle box is just a gateway. You can get what you get. Okay, you're actually rolling the puzzle box. So I will also say this, 1996, <laughs> present day 1996 feels like present day 1991. Uh, and it's also my least favorite of the three stories, to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't know what it is about this it, one. I just don't I, like it. I feel like the sets look a little cheap in is that. It, they look too set, like it, too much like yeah, sets. Yeah, I feel like this is where they really cut back on the budget is, is in these scenes somehow. I don't know, it, like I've, the way that the whole design was with the gears spinning on the wall, and it's look. It looks like the bot, the puzzle it box. It definitely looked like, like fucking like cheap. It's, it's it a, looked cheap yeah. to me. I it's don't a know. small world or something like that in Disneyland. Yeah, or something. exactly. <laughs> You're just like looking at gears moving. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like I felt like that was the worst when it came to like set design. So I don't know if that was. Yeah, I would played ag- into it. I would agree with it. It is the worst of the set design. I don't know. I feel like the two, like the kid, uh, like the kid, the kid, story. the kid, and like the whole wife thing, kind of feel like forced. Yeah, that's forgettable as shit, dude. Like, and she like saves the day at the end. She or, does save the day at the end. You're like, yeah, because she's just like fucking opens the puzzle box and sends him back, which is pretty badass which, for her. Th- this yeah. is a problem that I have with that. Okay. Scene. How did she like know how it worked? It's been in her. Fa- he he's been obsessing over this design i'm sure for his entire life i'm sure she probably like everything about like either that or she picks shit up she makes a point to say like oh let's see if the fucking portal works both ways like yeah i'm not yeah yeah, i'm not sure but let me say this this might not be where uh chris is thinking it but this is where i'm thinking it okay chris um (laughs) so the scene where uh she goes down to do the laundry and she hears the kid cry and she comes running up the stairs and she looks down the stairs and she's like, come up here, Billy, whatever the fuck his name is. It's a, he's a throwaway character. And then mm-hmm. she goes down a little bit even more and Pinhead is uh, holding his hand and is basically going to use him as bait to, to, to lure John Merchant right. uh, in. Um, I, there, that's where, to me, the fucking makeup looks terrible. The lines disappear. There's no lines in his forehead on any side. I don't know. Is that the part when it's like green blue, like super yeah. green blue? I'm like, what the hell? Is it's where he's holding his that. he's holding his hands at the bottom all. of the stairs. No, yeah, it was dude, very it is, strange. it's weird. And I think that so. was part of the reshoots. I'm not 100 percent sure, but it that could be the copy. Right. That could be the copy I uploaded because I watched this on Amazon and didn't have that at all. Even Desiree was. We were watching it together, and she was like, "Yeah, that looks I'm fucking weird." Because I watched it on Plex. So oh, okay, because yeah. yeah, the one I watched on Amazon, I didn't notice anything weird. The only time I noticed, I'll play the his, scene his, for you. His, his makeup looking strange was um, there's a close up shot um, when they're on the space station of Pinhead like doing doing a monologue like he does and. Uh, you could see the uh, the the latex in his nose peeling away. So like in his nose, <laughs> it's all like peeling oh, back no. and shit. And just like, oh, that's that looks bad. So we get back from there, 
uh, we find out, yeah, the White States today sends Pinhead back to uh, uh, Oblivion. And that's the the story just feels almost so pointless to me. It was just I feel like to just to have like, hey, we have a connection to three by having the building no, in I, here. I liked I liked it. And that's that story that story is incredibly important. All the stories are incredibly important. The first well, okay, the two past stories are incredibly important. The first story establishes the creation of the puzzle box. The second yes. story establishes the creation of the the opposite, the way to reverse puzzle box. Reverse box. Reverse box. And then the third story the guy puts it all together to finally. Yeah, I agree too. You Pinhead. can't go from point A to point B. You have to have like that middle ground to explain where it's, it's all going. C. You can't go from A to C, but you need B. Right, right that's what I'm saying. I like will. you can't make point A. C, I'm sorry. You can't make point A <laughs> C point B. Right, like you can't go from A to B and make that like connection. Right. right. Like, oh, it's a cube, and now it's a bigger cube, so I guess that's okay. Yeah, and each one served to fill in some backstory about it. Like, the first story filled in a little bit of backstory about why the design was specifically this, that, or whatever. The second story filled in why exactly the the infinite light inside the box, how that is supposed to work. So, again, going back to what we talked about earlier, this film is designed to completely fill in a lot of backstory about, uh, I think, specifically just the box mm-hmm. and... And they they put a lot of effort and time into explaining shit so, related to the box. I want to talk about one thing that I that like. So this is the part of the film that I actually do like, right? Like, why not, right? Like, let's figure out where the box came from. How that was this, cool. I thought it was very cool, right? What I didn't like is that they take this same type of storytelling aspect. Uh, they 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 attribute it to all the Cenobites as well, right? Like. Oh. Every single one of these guys have to have a backstory. Like, like, well, yes, they did that in three. Well, I understand that, but like, what I mean is, like, it felt like the whole film was just like a, a bunch of like past, like, vignettes of like origin stories. That part didn't bother me. Really? Yeah, because I felt like it, the whole film just consisted of in, that. In Hellraiser three, they 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 spend time to establish CD. Camera Eye. Is that what his yeah. fucking name was? Yeah, Camera I understand. Eye. Yeah, I they established their creation. I always remember this from a kid, from because this is the first Hellraiser film I ever saw as a kid. Like, none of this things, none of this shit ever seemed strange because I go to, like, to the other films. All right, I'm seeing the origin stories of what, how these Cenobites came to be. I'm pretty sure they cover Chatterbox in one of them, too. Don't well, I understand they? that, but like, mm. d- does this not no, feel I don't think like. They do. No? no. Does this not feel okay. like a not flashback within a flashback because it's telling the. No, it's. Well, well, okay, I guess kind of. I kind of it's 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 just a, well, here's the thing. You don't see the two-headed Cenobite till the end of the film, till after they are created in story number 2. It's not like it's not like the beginning of the film puzzle box is solved and then all of a sudden right. Pinhead walks out okay. and he's got these twin guys and the chicks with him. It's just him. And then as we go through the story, we see these characters become created. And in the second story, that gives us two Cenobites. It gives us the twins and mm-hmm. then it gives us um, Angelique, who is converted right. to her full her full Cenobite form, which all comes together at the end of the film. Also, so it didn't seem strange. We know. and we didn't say this either because we didn't we didn't bring the, the them up. I I actually think one of my favorite Cenobites. I I like it. People might boo me on this one, but the fucking twin one is kind of cool. So stupid. 
I so think it's kind of cool, man. They have the worst. It's CD was cooler. Oh, no way. CD at least threw CDs. These guys, they were like, I don't know how to kill you. We'll stand next to you and <laughs> squeeze real tight. So I'm like, stupid. fucking lame. No. Dumb. What I, a dumb kill. They looked they, cool. They're like, they're, like the shitty, they're like the shitty character in Mortal Kombat no one ever plays. Like their fatalities, but like, uh. Their kill was awful. Also, fucking awful. it makes no sense. Like, you're telling me they get like between somebody and they absorb a well, dude. Well, also, let's say, I, I don't know. They didn't show you. I thought they were going to turn into like a three headed Cenobite yeah. and they didn't. No, they so just twist their know. faces back together and I then whoever was there is smashed. Yeah. To nothing. Like just sunglasses are Lame. left over or something. No, I, li- I like the visual. <laughs> the of actors it. are good. The, the play of twins. I actually enjoyed watching so, them on They're yeah, good chemistry. How progressive are they for 1996? Why? I mean, they're just I mean, identical they're, twins. You no, know, no, but I mean, their conversation, man. <laughs> All I kept hearing was like the puns that they kept like hitting to let the audience know that their heads were about to get twisted together. Yep. It was like every line was like, let's not lose our heads. Let's not let's stick together. You know what I did? Well, that's I, the part you know that I, I didn't like. You know yeah, it was funny? like too much. Oh, I know. Because they tried the to throw they movie. tried yeah. to throw comedy in a Hellraiser movie, which I don't like. Yeah, that's true. Now we arrive to part three of the movie, which the third act is where uh, I feel like they were like with all the reshoots came in because it just turns into a fucking slasher film. Yeah, it didn't feel, uh, no. it didn't fit the rest of the tone. It didn't fit not the rest of the tone of the movie whatsoever. You gotta but it's get, like get the those only kills place... in now. Yeah, but yeah. now it's fun. I feel like that's also, this is where it kind of turns fun. It's only like the only place it can go, right? Like you don't let all the fucking marines like survive and shit. Well, the marines are just sh- so shoehorned. Dude, fuck what's yeah. up with those fucking, those marines fucking guns, huh? Oh, they're terrible. Who, who, somebody went to Home Depot and bought a lead pipe and a few blocks of wood and glued that together. <laughs> it's terrible. But, yeah, but that's where you get the best line ever is, what the fuck planet are you from? <laughs> Such got a, pins in his head. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> he's got pins in his head. <laughs> I, I do like that scene where I, I the guy gets lured down to the oh I the guess, girl screaming the boiler room and and he t- like takes his clothes off or whatever to work the puzzle box. Yeah, to work the puzzle box. You're back oh, in, we were talking about we ninety six. You're going down and you're going to part we're, back we to part the, two. We were on the space station, bro. Oh, yeah, you're, you're, we can't go back to that scene. I thought just thought that that was probably one of the more it's like fucking terrifying no. scenes. I thought I was I like, like, whoa, was he's just, actually kind of seems like he's in danger. I was just like <laughs> a throwback to the old movie because like what guy's like, yeah, I'll take my shirt off and just fucking fucking sweat. Oil me up. sweat over this fucking Rubik's cube. Everybody's always so. Sweaty when they're you working that Rubik's box. Rubik's cube, you can bang me. Okay, I'm yeah. on it. Come on, Chris, get out of here. <laughs> I just like when guys, you know, I like when guys take, <laughs> take off the shirts. <laughs> I work on puzzle boxes. Kneel down in boiler rooms. And- <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite like YouTube how, search. I, I, I love when demons lure, lure, lure weak men down <laughs> with pu- with games of puzzles. <laughs> my I like to watch that. <laughs> I like to fantasize about that. <laughs> Part three. This so is- wait, we're in the future now. We're yeah, in the future. back in the future. And here's my. Th- Here's my other thing with I got it with Dr. Paul on this one. Okay. Dr. Paul it just says, you guys gotta get out of here. There's not enough time. What he forgets to mention is don't open the fucking door. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Doesn't say Doctor, doesn't we, tell anybody. Dr. Merchant, we couldn't throw that line out there. I mean yeah. But so, I, I, yeah, I did like I did like how the guy was lured down. Although going back to the theory about the door holding back yeah. Pinhead. Just 
taken out right away with one blast of a laser cannon. <laughs> I was oh. like, he wasn't concerned at all about any of those crying kids that were probably hanging out right behind that door. No, it's a thick door. <laughs> got fire a couple laser blasts. Yeah, he knew it. he knew exactly how far that laser would yeah. blast into that. He's like, I know yeah. this is going to take those locks off. Those are Kensington. I know that. I know that brand. I know that brand. I know that brand. I've shot very before. familiar. Very familiar with that brand. My charges. If up. I shoot it from a ninety degree angle, I know it will just ping off the lock perfectly yeah. to pop it you open. You don't even need nitrogen for these locks. No. <laughs> you, know, you whistle at it right, it'll just pop right up. Like, psych. <laughs> Ain't no kids in that cage. Nope, there's a chatter dog. This is where we see the... the, the uh, is this the well, first time? You hear it several yeah. times leading yeah. up, and it's alluded to that there's a dog. As but a then dog. it doesn't even really do anything because Pinhead walks out and just fucking throws a whole bunch of spikes in him and rips the skin off and then throws a fucking... Chain through cool the center of the skull. Though. I mean, I, Fucking cool I like effect, when man. they do that. Like, look, make the face look all stretched out like that. Dude, it's such a cool effect. Good job. It, it looks great. And that rip apart looks good. And like, that's... The rip apart? The rip apart. And Kevin Yeager, the director, is an effects artist, but he really didn't do any of the effects on this movie. No, he, he didn't. He wanted to collaborate with the people that did. He did the did. dog. He did part of the chatter dog, I guess. Yeah. But uh, other than that, he kind of left it up to other people. And I thought it looked cool. So did I. Except for the that practical one. stuff. Yeah. I prefer. Can, does anybody have an opinion on the uh, female Cenobite? I prefer the one from the first two. Oh, films. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, that, like, Agreed. yeah, Angelique. I was trying to figure out like what her like her thing was. Just her her fucking head pulled back and her, her skull yeah. exposed, which is a cool look. And, and like it's she's very a, cool looking. Yeah, she is very like interesting and, and cool looking there. But I did miss the original female Cenobite. Her fucking though. kill is so yeah, lame. She had all, like the weird shit going through her mouth originally. Mm-hmm. Her kill is so fucking lame. Dude, With the, in the mirror. In the mirror and just dumb. cuts the guy in half. It's like you but... can't even tell what the hell happened. No, yeah, I, I had know. to go back and watch it twice. Yeah, I, I yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that death and no. uh and then, you know, from there it's just one by one the chase down of each marine guy until we get uh, down to the last two, which is Rimmer and uh and and Merchant. Was it Merchant or John, or was it Paul or John's death when the hook went through the esophagus and then decapitated? That was John's. 1996. That's John's, John's death. John's John's death. death. Yeah. That one's yeah. cool as fuck, I dude. loved that. I thought that was a dude, badass when, fucking kill. When, when fucking Pinhead scorpioned him from fucking yeah. Mortal yes. Kombat, yes. it was yes. sick as hell, dude. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how I pictured the new Mortal Kombat movie to look. I hope it looks just like that. I hope it's that fucking brutal. Probably even more it CG, won't be. But okay. Probably won't be. I won't be. I won't be. Um, so where are we at in, uh, in uh, so, 2182? 2182, at this point now, this is where it takes some weird fucking editing cuts too, where it's like, John's like, no, you got to leave and you got to go now to, to Rimmer. And he's like, because everybody else is fucking dead. And he's like, you got to go now to set up the shuttle for you. And then it just cuts to him in a room with Pinhead. You know what was funny leading up to that though? Like he's standing here, Pinhead appears, he turns and books it and runs. Then he runs into Rimmer and he's like, just double back back down that hallway and get to the ship. I'm like, you know, Pinhead was just chasing you down this sure. fucking hallway. No, it's going to cut to him and Pinhead in a different fucking room with yeah. just chains the everywhere. Dungeon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they're having, they're and, having a nice monologue. And they're having a nice convo. And then what happens? Fucking everyone knows your fucking weakness now, Pinhead. Turns out yeah. it's lights and mirrors. Holograms. Turns Holograms. Out, turns out you're tricked by lights and mirrors. Your demon senses I lo- I didn't lo- tell you that. I loved his reaction, the performance, his oh reaction to that. God. It was like literally it was like I literally guessed. a kid. It was like a kid reacting like what? What? 
what is this magic? I just, th- I like, mean, come on, man. Th- there's some corniness in this movie, and and yeah, this is definitely one this, of it. Some yeah. of some of those reactions from Doug Bradley were corny AF. Yep. And then we <laughs> and then we show up uh, in a shuttle, and yeah, he made it to the shuttle, and they're they're about blasting off. He says, "I got you, Pinhead." Yep, and Pinhead, uh, it basically explodes. Says, "Amen." Says, "Amen." Yeah, he's like, he's like, "Well, welcome to oblivion." Amen. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, the whole the whole space station then folds up like a box with the with the light like it was supposed to do, and yeah, then all it, the mirrors bouncing the light around, and then it folds up and kaboom, and then our up, heroes fly back to Earth, and that was like the harshest cut for credits. I oh, feel it, like. they're like we're done. It's it's over. Like, that's what I was, was like. The like music cued in like nah, nah, do, 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 do. It's like the hell like did it just end? <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah, like you're. Yep, that's all we needed. That's all, all right. We needed. Yeah. So before we get into the reviews, yeah. I think we're at that point, right? Yeah, we're getting there. Let's ask this question though. So, yes, we did a scientific method. Yes, we came up with this film. We've seen it. Is this the worst fucking Hellraiser film? So out of the original four theatrical least ones, yes, it is, in my opinion, the worst one. One of the more interesting ones, but the worst executed. One of the worst executed. Past this, you know, five, six, seven, eight, I think Doug Bradley's up to to eight, maybe. I think he's in seven or eight. And then the remakes or whatever the fuck those mm. things are, Judgment and all that shit. I haven't even watched Apocalypse. them. Apocalypse. I'm sure yeah. are worse than this film. But there are a lot of things I like about this movie as well. So I I, I don't I don't want to say that I think it's the worst out of the Hellraiser series because obviously there's shit that's directed video after this. But uh, out of the original ones, yeah, I'll say I'll say it's the worst. I'll say it's know. the worst of the original. I'm going to disagree with you. I yeah. I'm going to say honestly, I still think number three, number three is campy, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This one at least gives me. Some gives me something interesting to to like think about. Like I I know it's a ridiculous cliche in like franchises to go back and do some sort of backstory about a particular character or some shit. And nowadays mm-hmm. they do it. It's it's usually not fucking necessary in the slightest. You referenced Annabelle at the beginning of the yeah. show. Like not fucking necessary. I don't I do not care. But with this, it was like you're you're talking about like this. I think it's because it's all about an object that cannot speak. It has no lines. It's seriously a mystery. And this film was peeling back that mystery a little bit to reveal where it came from. And I like that aspect of it. So, and this is, again, this is the first Hellraiser I've seen. So maybe uh, maybe that's a bias. But no, I think, I don't think this is the worst. Chris? It's, if it's not this one, it's going to be three. But I haven't seen three in a long time. So it's hard for me to really say for sure if it's better or worse than three. Um, my instinct is to say that this one might be better than three because I do remember a lot of the Cenobites, uh, while it's fun being pretty damn campy from in three. Um, and this one, I feel like they kind of pulled scaled back a little bit on it. Like they weren't trying to wow you as much with like so many, like many different concepts, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but again, I'd like to, I'd like to revisit it. Um, now that I've seen this one start to finish again, Mike, um, I, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. He asked I, I, the question. Yeah, I'm gonna, no! I, I'm gonna say it's, it, it's probably the worst of, again, the original. 
Because I haven't. Has anybody seen the newer ones? No. I, I haven't. I, saw Inferno. I, I haven't seen past this one, honestly. Okay. I saw Inferno and so, maybe part of, I think, is Redemption. Yes, I do, because I feel like three, Revelation. yeah, with their campiness, it's like they're trying something new and they're doing a new thing and it's going in that progression that horror film franchises generally go. So I'm familiar with that, right? This one feels like a desperate attempt to try to, like, grasp back to the original and they just don't do it. So it's just like, feels kind of like a failure in that aspect of it. I mean, but I don't want to say like, I think it's like the worst horror film of the nineties. No, no, not at all. Like it's all right. Like it's pretty good. I think some of the, some of the effects are very good. Uh, Hellraiser movies will always get me because I like that. um, He's in his review. No, no, no. I I do want to say this. Hellraiser films. I do like the whole aspect of pain as art kind of thing. That Clive Owen or Clive, Clive Owen, dude, Clive Owen, <laughs> Clive Barker, like Clive is, Owens, is generally known for Clive Owen. Clive Owen's yeah. also known for painting his art. Shoot I was up. in Closer. He was in Shoot 'em Up. <laughs> he loved. He was painting Love his art and shoot him up. No, uh, Clive Barker. What Clive Barker is known for, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he does a lot of art and does a lot of this. I feel like this film. There are times where I feel like it is a painting in motion kind of thing, in his own kind of weird artistic way but um as a film like as a narrative it's not great at all so what are you rating it and i'm just kidding. <laughs> i didn't rate it at all. <laughs> i will so, rate it eventually okay there you guys have it all right let's do this let's take a break when we come back we'll rate this mammer jammer two minutes two centuries it all ticks by so quickly you are so very like your ancestor did you know that? I have a distinct sense of deja vu. The same defiance. The same faithless hope in the light. And what do you have faith in? Nothing. I am so exquisitely empty. Then it won't hurt you to die. Will it? We're back. What do you say we rate this mammer jammer? Let's do it. All right, Chris. I am gonna bestow <laughs> the honor to you to be the first to rate a Halloween movie here. What are we rating this mammer jammer? Going out of left field here, puzzle boxes. We're going with puzzle boxes. We'll go with Mike first. Yeah, so I'm gonna give this like a two and a half. I actually don't think this is a terrible film. Like, I mean, the theme of it and like the whole plot like is kind of ridiculous, but like I gotta say, like I kind of like the origin of the Cenobites. Like I think like that was kind of cool. Um, I like I like the art of Hellraiser films. Like I just kind of think they're kind of cool. Like the way they use flesh and kind of now I feel like a murderer, but. Um, <laughs> No, I, just, I, I, I think it's an interesting art style to use paint as, like, the kind of, like, canvas. You should see Mike's house, everyone. Yeah. Well, it's nothing but murder. More like, look behind you, Kyle. Okay, anyways, yeah, two and a half. I don't, I don't think it's as bad as some of maybe the other uh, worst of a franchise we might review in the next few months, days, weeks. Because <laughs> October's only one month. <laughs> All right. That's two and a half from Mike. Let's go to Kyle. Uh, I'm going to give this, I'm coming in at three and a half. 
on this one. Um, hmm. Like I said before, like this is my f- entry into the Hellraiser world. I like the fact that it delves into the history of the puzzle box. Um, I like the set design of the first story and the final story. The middle one, yeah, it's kind of like whatever cookie cutter. Um, but overall, like I, I like these films. Like the ones that come after this are terrible. They they get really bad. Um, and I still think it's better than Hellraiser Three: Hell on Earth. That one is just like campy and almost like they try to turn it into like an action with like an action film with like a battle of with Cenobites in the streets. Remember that scene? Yeah, mm-hmm. they're just all marching down the streets and just like, come on, what the fuck Hell is on this? Earth, bro? Yeah, dude, Hell Stupid. on Earth. What the fuck are you talking about, <laughs> bro? I don't know, man. But yeah, I'm gonna come in at three and a half. I don't think it's it's not it's definitely not the best of the series, but it's um, I don't agree with it being ranked the worst. All right, I'm right where Mike's at. I'm at a two and a half. Um, I think what I enjoy most about this movie is more the mythos that they try to flesh out in this film, but they don't quite do. I like this idea that there's this old guard of hell and new guard of hell. I like this introduction of Angelique as a character and this, this demon. And I actually like the story of like how the puzzle box was created and what they wanted to use it for. Um, the, the, the end is where it falls to, to shit. Like this is really where like, but you get like the most fun kills and stuff like that. So I kind of like that aspect of it, but from a story end, it's like, meh. so I, I don't know. I think the mythos of it is, is cool. I think it adds a lot to the, the legend and I don't know if it's good or bad because I'd have to go back and watch all the other ones to be like, okay. But, um, yeah, I, I, two and a half. I'm right there. It's an enjoyable film. I don't think it's going to be the worst. I don't think, I don't think this is going to be the worst film that we watch. I don't. All right. Chris, uh, there's things I really like about this movie. I was surprised. I remember this being really boring and not enjoying it the first time that I watched it. But this time around, I actually did enjoy the watch. I did see some cheesiness, some cheapness of the sets, um, some bad makeup jobs. But then I also saw some really great makeup work and like some cool lighting. And, you know, the the my biggest issue, I think, with this one is... Pinhead talks way too much in this movie and it it's corny to me. I'm like, he's better when he's just a little bit more subdued, I guess. And he just has a few things to say here and there. Um, I don't, again, I need to go back and see three and see how much they bring that out of him in, in that one. But um, yeah, in this one, it's just like I was rolling my eyes at some of the lines, you know, even from Angelique, you know, when she's like, we need to go to America. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, just some stuff that just made me die laughing. Some uh, one thing I didn't expect to love so much about this movie that I did is, goddamn, did you know you were watching a movie that was shot on film? Mm-hmm. It yeah. felt like like you could see the grain, you could see like the kind of the imperfections of the film itself. And honestly, I thought it improved the film. <laughs> I thought it made it. Uh, uh, more interesting to watch. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's got a lot of badness to it, um, but it does have some really good redeeming qualities to it as well. I don't think it's going to be one of the worst in the Hellraiser series at all. Um, you know, of the four, yeah, again, I have to see three to understand if if this is better or worse. But um, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't as disappointed as I thought I would be. So I'm going with three. Three from Chris. All right, guys, there you have it. That is our show for this week. Remember to do us a favor. Head over to iTunes. Leave us a review. If you do, we will give you a shout-out at the end of the show. 
Hopefully you enjoyed your drink tonight. Remember, we'll have one for next week as well. Uh, and then uh, make sure you head over to coltfilmandreview.com. You get in your request for films for us to review. Uh, we'll get back probably on that track after October. Uh, and then uh, when you're done with that, make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at coltfilm underscore review. We're on Instagram at coltfilm and review. Uh, you can, uh, we're also on Spotify. If you want to listen to us on that, if you use Spotify a lot, you can listen to us on that. You can also follow Kyle. Ah! You can follow me on Instagram at coltfilm underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at coltfilm underscore Chris on Instagram. You can follow Mike ah! at Mike Salucio on Twitter. And you can follow me at VHS on Instagram and Snapchat. That's our show for this week. Remember guys, if you're going to join a cult, make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next time.